today Stephen's going to take a look at emergencies and cash reserves that you might need. So why you do need a cash reserve and look at how much perhaps you might need to a new RFM's Thursday Finance and Stephen Pritchard with us. Stephen, we usually take a look at currencies and commodities, but it's the start of a new financial year. And that, of course, is why we're going to talk about that a little bit we're later. Talk about on. that a little bit later, yeah. Some that. planning of your finances. Have you got them in order? Attempt to. <laughs> attempt, attempt to yeah. always attempt, always regardless attempt. of other other situations uh, that might arise. Uh, uh, other things that have arisen lately. Other uh, unprecedented things. Unprecedented for for a long time. Yes. Yes. Uh, so uh, anyway, how uh, how is gold, for example? So so, so, so gold was down twelve dollars ninety four on the on the week to two thousand five hundred fifty eight. Uh, dollars uh, an ounce, and the crude oil price was up a dollar ninety three to um, sixty dollars and forty six. That's the wrong way round, isn't it? We usually like crude oil to go down and gold to go up. Well, that's what you want, so it's cheaper for your trips. Correct. Um, uh, against the currencies, um, the Australian dollar, the Australian dollar was up uh, um, 0.2 cents on the week to uh, 69.12, so we're in distance of the 70 cents again. Mm. Um, the Great British Pound, we're up to 55.45 pence, and New Zealand dollar, we're $1.06, and the euro, we're 61.43 pence. So across the board, the Australian dollar became worth more. So if you could go overseas, it'd actually be cheaper, but you can't go but overseas. You can't, so, so, yeah. so, so, so would people perhaps be losing a little confidence in the American dollar? at this stage, ahead of the elections? Um, Not necessarily. I mean, there's no real... I mean, we're talking about fractions of a cent here. I mean, Mm. there's no no real... No uh, impact at this stage, No impact. The election's... Five months away. Yeah, yes. it could happen between now and then. Absolutely. Um, the All Ordinaries Index, surprising, we finished over 6,000 for the year, which is a bit of a surprise to everyone. And then we're up another, so we're up 125.5 on the week to 6,053 yesterday. Um, the SP 500 was up 32.1 on the week to 3,115. Uh, the UK market was up 10.8, which to 6,157. So um, everyone's a bit richer with their equity investments during the week. Yeah. Um, and uh, favourite stocks that we like lately, um, they were all up as well. Um, BHP was up to $35.46, which was up by $0.41. Cents. Uh, CBA was up $1.92 to $0.67.57. Cents. NIB was up $0.09 cents to $4.75. And Telstra was up $0.11 cents to $3.22. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of uh, green on yeah, the market. A lot of green. And the Newcastle uh, unleaded fuel price was down uh, 0.6 cents a litre to $1.24. And the Sydney was down 5 cents a litre to $1.20. And d- diesel in Newcastle was $1.20.5 and in Sydney $1.16.1. Mm. So really not much changes about it. The surprising bit was the market ended up over 6000 I think. And you're very happy about that, I'm sure. Oh, well, everyone's happy about that. Everyone Except is. for the short sellers. And to a new RFM's Thursday Finance is on at the moment and it's time for our market update and a welcome to Henry Jennings from Marcus Today Newsletter. Henry. Stephen, how are you? I'm all right. So I assume you didn't go to Melbourne for your lunch. <laughs> well, the lunch is tomorrow, but no, I cried off uh, yes, earlier yes, this week. Yes, I, I, I don't blame you. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't fancy getting stuck there um, if they closed the airport to yes. domestic. I mean, they'd already closed it to international, so I didn't really 
fancy being stuck there having to hire a car. It's just too much. For one lunch, it was too yes, much hassle. Yes, yes. Uber Eats is a very good alternative, Henry. <laughs> it's not quite the same as the team lunch, but there we go. Mm. Um, we, we shall see, but I will do it virtually. Actually, I'm, I'm doing Ausbiz at lunchtime tomorrow, so I won't do it even virtually. Oh, OK. OK. Well, there we go. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, AMP appears to have exited the life insurance business after 170 years. It's, um, yes, it's, um, they will, uh, they're going to net 1.1 billion in capital. Uh, it had completed, it was a $3 billion transaction with a UK company called Resolution Life. So, um, yeah, it's, um, that, that's a long time, isn't it? 170 years. And, uh, well, that was the whole purpose of the thing. Well, it was. And I always, I always look, whenever I drive into the city and the CBD, I always look at the AMP building, and it always just seems to be a bit of a metaphor for, uh, for how they've been travelling. It's just sat there at Circular Quay. It's a heart back to the 60s and the glory days mm-hmm. of the AMP. And I know they're doing it up, but the doing it up seems to be taking a long time. And I think the same applies to the share price and the company inside the building as well. It's just uh, it hasn't really moved with the times. And where it has, it has stuffed it up with the times. Yes. That's part of the problem. So, yes. Um, but 170 years, history history gone. And we will see, I guess, how they um, how they do the renovation on them, themselves from here. Yes. And then uh, Bain Capital takes control of Virgin. I was a bit surprised. <laughs> I thought there was some, some creditors meeting had to come along. So I don't understand how this has happened. Well, it, it did sort of sneak through, I've got to say, and they seem to get Foreign Investment Review Board approval instantly. Nice. Um, it did sneak through, and I, I did think there was a, you know, the bondholders were trying to get another uh, meeting because, of course, equity holders are going to get stuffed. They're, they're, gonna get, they're not going to get anything. Not that there were many of them anyway, because most mm-hmm. of it was uh, four big shareholders and a you know, 20% rump left over for small people. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've got to say... Um, it reminds me of yes, Prime Minister, when Sir Humphrey used to say to the Prime Minister, "That's very courageous, mm-hmm. Prime Minister." And uh, for Bain, I think that it's very courageous. It's it's a tough business being an airline company, especially. especially you know, it, it wasn't easy before coronavirus. Yes. These guys didn't make any money, so to, uh, to to be buying it during and post pandemic, it's very courageous, Minister. Yes, Minister. Yes. And then Temple and Webster's share price is up four times or something, and now they're going to raise some more capital? Yeah, and it's up today as well. This, up has today? Gone, this, this has gone nuts. Temple and Webster are a online platform where you can buy soft furnishings, sofas, lights, and do up your house. Now, of course, we've all been cocooning during the pandemic and all been buying stuff for our homes and making them more livable, etc. So these guys have really ridden that wave higher. They raise money and they're up 14% today. Nice. So uh, they were obviously killed in the rush. I think they raised uh, 40 million bucks uh, from institutions and new investors, they say, and it was done at $5.70 and they're currently $7.20. So if you were lucky enough to be a fund manager that got some stock at $5.70, you could just turf them out today at $7.20 and take the dollar fifty and say thanks very much for, and uh, yes thanks for coming so, okay. 
But yeah, obviously very popular, and uh, clearly uh, the overflow demand from that $40 million placement has, uh, has gone through. But th this is another big, I guess this is a pandemic success story along with uh, Kogan. And of course, we've all been uh, locked down and we've all been at home and buying stuff online, etc. And Kogan has gone mad as well. That's up to $15.66 today, which is... Um, just extraordinary. Uh, to the, at the bottom of the March Madness, they were under four bucks, and now they're sixteen bucks nearly. So that's a it's four times your money. Well, there's a, you know there's a lot of amazing things going on in this market at the moment, Stephen. We've seen it in the last couple of days. Two stocks with pretty much innocuous announcements with pretty rubbery kind of information around them. One was up at thirteen hundred percent in a day. The other was up seventeen hundred percent in a day. Um, so there's a lot of day trading madness at the moment, a lot of momentum players. But, uh, yeah, Kogan's been going extraordinarily well, that's for sure. Thursday Finance, our market update continues with Henry Jennings and, of course, Stephen Pritchard. So a couple of uh, stocks, uh, rural services stocks, I thought we'd have a quick talk about. Uh, New Farm, it's, it's closed its plant or in the process of closing its plant, which makes... Um, that uh, stuff that the f uh, farmers use to weed control, uh, mm -hmm. saying the cost of production in Australia is too high. And then mm -hmm. Incitec is also saying that the cost of productions, which you make um, fertiliser, superphosphate, um, of great input is um, natural gas and saying that, you know, the cost of production is too high, the gas price has fallen, but the suppliers and the retailers aren't passing on the lower prices. No. So this is all a bit of a worry. Uh, well, it is, but it's hardly a, I guess it's hardly a new worry. Um, you know, gas prices in Australia have been high for some time, uh, unfortunately, and not really that dependent on <laughs> on oil prices to some extent, which is you know, the the the, um, the long term contracts which our Asian friends take for our gas are at elevated levels, and it gives us a bit of a, a local shortage of gas here because it's all going into these big LNG projects that export. So it has made our local supply quite expensive, which clearly has a big effect on stocks like Intertech Pivot, which uses a lot of energy. Um, and, of course, if they don't get those savings passed on, it is problematic. So, um, you know, at the moment, they're seeing spot prices around $5 a gigajoule in um, the southeast states, um, but uh, spot prices are less than uh, $2.50. So it would be nice if they passed it on. New Farm, of course, uh, into uh, crop protection, and they've closed their Melbourne uh, plant at Laverton. So... Um, it's a sort of a, a phasing out, but it's certainly um, it's a sign. And I guess you know we know um, in our heart of hearts that it's, it's expensive to um, to produce stuff in Australia, which is probably why we don't have many manufacturers left here from the car industry. Do you know today? This is funny. Uh, Tesla is now the world's most valuable car company. It overtook Toyota last night in market capitalisation. Never made a profit. Uh, it, it doesn't surprise me that, that people are just buying mad things that don't make any money. They, they are. There, there is a. I, I have to say, I was writing today in the newsletter about um, you know the dot com bubble we saw back in uh, you know the early two mm thousands -hmm. and, and how it all spectacularly crashed. And some of the market does remind me of that at the moment. And they, they, they used to say that when the taxi drivers are starting to give you share tips. Um, that's the time to start con getting concerned. 
but um, nowadays, of course, we don't have taxi drivers. We have Uber drivers, and none of them seem to ever talk to you anyway. But, of course, it's all done on social media and uh, forums. I, I signed up to one on Facebook today just to see what was happening because someone put me onto this. There was one um, talking about stocks had 33,000 members. Uh, and it was going bonkers. There was just people talking rubbish left, right, and centre. It was scary. Yep, I know. Very scary out there. You've, you know, we've seen these silly companies with with announcements up thousands of percent in the last few mm-hmm. days. It, mm-hmm. It's crackers. There was an even there was one today as well made an announcement about putting some wearables in for a, a deal with QBE, and it was up seven hundred percent or something. You know, it's just it's mad. It's only up four hundred and fifty percent now. So. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of unsophisticated first time investors in the market. I think you know, yeah, yeah. Even ASIC's starting to worry about like four thousand new accounts a day or something being opened, and yeah, there's, well, there's going to be lots of people lose lots of money here. Well, the sooner they open the pokies, the better. Yes, in some respects, and get sports betting back because at least you kind of know your losses there, and and you know maybe you've got more chance with the pokies than you have on the market, but. Yeah, in, in the U.S., we've seen a massive surge in what they call these Robin Hood accounts. Robin Hood is a brokerage firm that charges no brokerage. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So people have been going absolutely nuts, and they've been mm. spending their their redundancies or their furlough money or whatever, and just punting the market and and buying stuff. And of course, whatever happens in the U.S. ultimately happens in our market as well. So. It is a concern, I have to say. I, I was quite shocked when I looked at the um, the number of people on this forum of 33,000. And I look at our forum, which we've got a you know, measly 2,000 people on. Um, and uh, it's, I know how much work there is involved in administrating that, so no one starts talking complete gibberish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah that's right. So, yeah. Um, All fun and games, though. I Even told, someone, someone, the other, I told someone the other day they were talking gibberish, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. One no. quick thing, and then we've got to go. Um, sure. Freedom Foods remains oh, suspended. Is a... The managing directors resigned. Yeah, this is a horror show, isn't it? Is you just get the feeling this is not going to end particularly well for anybody. Um, this is owned by um, a majority owned by a very rich New Zealand family. Uh, the MD is gone. The CFO is gone. Um, and they've had uh, stock problems. Uh, it's just, it's not going to be good. They were suspended at three bucks. I suspect it will not be anything like that when they come back online. And um, if they come back online, I guess at some stage, well, which I hope they will. But yeah, there's certainly some issues with uh, outdated stock, mm-hmm. um, management of inventories. Mm-hmm. Um, it just does not look good at all. Um, luckily, I guess for shareholders, there is a rich New Zealand family behind it, so um, there will be serious healthy egg on their face, um, but um, and they will need to do something to sort all this out, but it doesn't doesn't make it look uh, like the auditors have done a particularly great job in this one either. Yeah, that's right. Anyhow, we will be back next week and see what's happening. Thanks, Thanks Henry. Bye. Thank you, Henry Jennings from Marcus today. Your station to NURFM. Thursday Finance and Stephen Pritchard. Emergencies. It is the start of a new year, so we need to make sure everything's worth working properly. Yeah, we spoke about this about six or eight months ago. I couldn't actually find the notes. Um, but I, but, so you've but, had to make it all up again. No, no. no. <laughs> so, um, but we spoke about it before, uh, the COVID-19, and I thought um, 
this has kind of shown a few cracks in people's financial affairs. So, yeah. so it might be an idea to go and talk about that at the beginning of the year again. Exactly. So, so you know, why do you need to keep some um, cash cash in cash reserves. reserves? I mean, we've found. Um, with COVID nineteen, which is uh, no one foresaw that on the horizon, was a, was a basically for unexpected events, and we've had this big unexpected event that's affected everyone. Um, some of other expected events, you know, there's car repairs that. Uh, you know, the spouse is driving the car. Of course, it's not you. Um, the spouse is driving the car and causes an accident and you have to pay the uh, excess, depending on the policy, um, can can be a couple of thousand dollars sometimes, you know. Yes. Yep. So um, medical, you have to dip yeah. in for that, yeah. Medical expenses. I mean, if you need... If you need um, some specialist medical treatment um, or even if you've got health insurance, um, the health insurance only covers you treatment in the hospital. Health insurance policies have often got um, excesses on them and then um, lots of specialists charge above the, the schedule fee so you don't get it all back from Medicare. So medical expenses can be another big um, unexpected cost that, that that no one's coming through. Coming. Well, some medical expenses you can foresee, things like knee replacements or, or that kind of thing, but there are some that definitely you don't foresee. Oh, you don't foresee. You could you could be walking down the street and, 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 and someone comes by and knocks you over in a wheelchair or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's unforeseen medical expenses that, that occur via accidents, um, you, know, you know, those type of things. Uh, household repairs, um, mm. um, household repairs can be uh, sometimes they're planned and sometimes they're unforeseen and you know if the you know that you know the guttering might need to be replaced but the water pipe could burst and you know you find out the water pipes need to be replaced or or, um, or there's a leak and some of the paint lifts off or so there's a leak and the bathroom floor rots away the wood which I know all about yeah <laughs> or the a, roof needs replacing yeah, so, so so there's there's all sorts of expenses there that you need to look at and and of course what what's what's turned out in um, COVID nineteen people unexpectedly. Um, lost their employment or their employment was cut down and um, through no fault of anyone's. I mean, if the customers stopped coming into the shop, sooner or later the shopkeeper or the restauranteur or the cafe can't keep paying everyone. And that that all happened in a very short space of time and people were queuing up down at um, Centrelink. Um, and, of course, one of the other things people forget about is income protection insurance. Now, lots of income protection insurance policies and, and people often have theirs in their super fund and they tick the box and they don't actually look at them. Um, to keep the premiums down, people have a waiting period. So the, the longer the waiting period on the income protection insurance, um, the lower the premium. So the, and, 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 you know, premiums on, you know, seven-day waiting periods are significantly higher than uh, a month or a two-month waiting period. Um, so lots of people want the income protection insurance, but they don't want to pay the premium, so they select a, a waiting period. And you might you might go and find that, you know, you, you thought you've had this uh, whatever accident or illness or whatever, oh, the income protection insurance will cover this. And yes, it will, but you mightn't get the money for two months or a month. Is it the is the income protection insurance what comes with your superannuation? Uh, some superannuation funds have got it. Right. Yeah, some it's optional. Otherwise, you need to... Otherwise, you need to go and take out the policy yourself. So income protection insurance basically replaces your income if you can't work for whatever reason. Now, the two may, there's two major definitions in this. Um, one says it replaces uh, you. You're unable to perform your usual occupation, 
So that means that if you're a uh, um, an accountant, you can't perform accountancy work. But if you can do anything else, you're not covered under the policy. And the more expensive, the more expensive. Policy. Sorry, it's the other way around. You're unable to perform your usual occupation. Mm. Uh, that means if you can do something else but you can't perform your usual occupation, you're covered under the policy. The other cheaper policy is you're unable to perform Anything. any occupation. Mm-hmm. Yes. So so that means if you're an accountant but you can go and do something else, um, the policy is not going to cover you. So you need to look at those are the two major definitions, of course, when you're looking at the, when you're looking at the policy. And, of course... Um, the amount insured, you can only insure seventy-five uh, percent of your income, uh, usually. So, right. so there's still yeah. a gap there as well. So, yes, yeah, so a little bit like going on to JobKeeper yeah. instead of your normal wage yeah. for many people, and and some people, of course, didn't necessarily qualify for JobKeeper. And they got job. If you don't qualify JobKeeper, yes. you used to get the other job seeker, job seeker. which which is, yeah. I mean. Basically, how JobKeeper came about, I think the government saw all these people coming up at Centrelink and Centrelink couldn't handle the... Yes. So the, the, the we roped load, all the yeah. employers in to do it. <laughs> um, so I saw something that the employers have now become a new Centrelink the other week. But um, in, in some ways, they're connected, they're close to yeah, the yeah, workers, that's, that's aren't right. they? Yeah. So, mm. yeah, so so there's all these reasons why you need you, you need to keep a bit of cash aside. Um, and, of course, the next the next reason, the next thing to think is, is how much do you actually need? How much indeed, yeah. yes. How long is a piece of string is the easy way of answering. That, but that doesn't help when it comes to the crunch. No, no. So, so um, how much should you need? Um, we basically say start at three months and work backwards. Okay, so the so that putting the money aside gives you some options to figure out um, figure out your long term plans, right? Yeah. So if you've got um, three months, you've got plenty of time to consider what options you can take to 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 solve the rest of the issues. Um, right. Right. You know, if you've got three months and your, your income protection insurance pays in two months, you're fine, mm-hmm. except you've got less income coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so three months gives you the option of, 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 of talking about that. So that's why you need the cash reserve to tide you over. To tide you over and get your options, um, yeah. you know, even if you don't. Even if you qualify for Centrelink and go in today, you're not going to have the cash tomorrow. Yes, that's right. Now, a question about life in, uh, or income protection. Uh, do you still need to pay, pay premiums while you're getting a return or you're getting paid by them? Uh, it depends on the policy, but generally no. Okay. So perhaps they take that yeah, into account yeah. when they're so calculating Yeah, you need it. to check the policy. I mean, the big thing is, is that that's one important thing. You need to check the, the definition of what your employment is and you need to check um, how long before you get the money. Generally, if your super fund offers it, it's the cheapest option, but, but not all super funds offer it. Um, and income protection insurance is, is generally tax deductible as well. So remember that when you're doing your tax return. Yeah, that's related to your employment. Yeah, and of course, the conversely, the Proceeds are accessible as well. So, mm. yeah. So. Mm. Ah, are they? Okay. Yeah, so, that's something to remember too. Into a new RFM's Thursday Finance. And Jenny has rung in with a question on income protection. Jenny, what would you like to ask Stephen? Hi, Jenny. Hi, how are you? Good. I'd like to, I'd like to ask that if you're on income protection and you get some. Um, 75%, let's say you're on 150000 and you get 75%, which is $112,500, yep. and you, you earned 
20000 Does the income protection have to make the rest up? Sorry, what, what do you mean? Well, if you're... 75% of, let's say, 150 is 112. Yeah, yeah so that's what the policy pays, yes? Yes, 112. Um, but you've, you've been able to earn 20 because you're allowed to do a little bit of work, but, it's, you know, does the income protection then have to make up the balance? Uh, what, what, so, you, so you've got 150000 of income, your normal yeah. income, and then you're earning 20000 and the reason why you're, you, you, you can't earn your income is because of illness or something. That's correct. Yeah. Um, I, I, would, I would have thought they're, they're, they're still limited to the 75%. Yes. Yeah, um, I, but I you, can appreciate that, but if, if you make 20000 Are they that, going to take that off? I mean? wouldn't have thought yes. so, but you need to look at the policy. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Right. So, so okay. you need to look at your policy, and, and particularly the bit about um, the coverage and the medical claim, and um, and but if if you earn more and end up over the hundred and fifty, I'll tell you, they'll definitely take it off. Yes. No. No. What I'm saying, if you earn twenty, yeah, I know what you're saying. It's going to depend on the policy. Okay. okay. Yeah, so you need so to have a look at the pot. Some might take it off. I mean, you know, income protection insurance is a bit like you get what you pay for. And yet you pay a bit more, you get a better definition of what your loss of income is. You pay a bit more, your waiting period shorter. So mm-hmm. you need to pull out the policy or go and see the person who sold it to you and ask them. Mm. Okay. It's All a right. good, good question, though, Jenny. Thanks for that. Thanks. And uh, very good luck with the answer. <laughs> it is Thursday Finance at 7 to 1. Uh, Stephen Pritchard, we're talking about cash reserves for emergency, and uh, I suppose where's the best place to put your money? Uh, yeah, so the Pick best place to put it, uh, I, think, I think the first is, is the best place. If you're going to go this path, you need to put it in a separate account. You, you don't just mix it in with your everyday account because I'll tell you, it'll just disappear. <laughs> so what you need to do is a separate account. Um, the, obviously, the, if you've got a home loan, the best place to put it is your home loan, uh, set up a home loan offset account, um, and the reason is... Is, is because if you put it into a savings account, you're probably going to get half a percentage if you're lucky. At the moment, if you put it in your home loan offset account, you're actually saving the amount of interest you would otherwise pay on your home loan, which is, you know, all over the place at the moment, but if you say 3%. So if you put it in there, you're going to effectively save 3% off your home loan. So you need to keep a separate account because it, it'll all just get mixed in otherwise. Um, how to get the money, you say, well, you know, we're always, you know, we're never always short of money and we've never got any spare money. But inevitably, if you go through someone's budget, there's always, there is always spare money there. So you need to make a regular contribution. You need to okay, think... Okay, regular of, is best. Regular is best, small regular amounts. You need to think of how much this three months you want and or two months or whatever you decide and how long it's going to take you to get there and, and, and just divide it up to work out what you need to put in. Now, um, as we've said before, the, the cappuccino a day rule. Um, so cappuccinos seem to have gone up during the, the COVID. I, I noticed. Have they? I noticed it's not uncommon now. Before they were four, and now you seem to be getting up to um, five. Four, I've seen fives. five, yeah. four eighty, four fifty. Yeah. So of course, if you save yourself a cappuccino, and there seems to be people who get two and three, four coffees a day. I mean, 
There you go. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so, so back to our one coffee a day. Um, if we work on $5, that's $25 a week. Um, which is gives you the thousand dollars a year, so so mm-hmm. you can you can mm-hmm. get there. But we've also got a Christmas account that we're building up for too, our separate account. Haven't well, we? yeah, I've always believed in separate accounts. Keep your money separate. Um, yeah, otherwise, it just gets mixed in. So your Christmas uh, your Christmas account you've got separate, um, and then you're going to spend all that at Christmas anyhow. <laughs> so uh, the remains from your Christmas account you can perhaps um, uh, put into your. Yeah, your emergency. Emergency. Well, you can put it. You can put anything in your emergency fund, but you just need to think how much you want to. How much you want to accumulate. Yes. And then um, work out how to get there. So you start off if you're working with your um, your your wage check, if you like, or your salary check, and uh, you sort out just how much of that. Yeah, is I mean, the, but that's back to what we said before. When you, when you get your salary check, you need to think about paying yourself first. And what, mm-hmm. what this means is. You, you decide how much you need to put aside, take that out and adjust your spending to what you've got left. What most people do is is um, get their salary check, spend whatever they want to spend and then whatever's left is they save. And effectively there's never anything left because there's, there's a number of economic theories called the marginal propensity to save and the marginal propensity to consume and people basically consume what, they've got to live on um, consume all their money and their living expenses so what you need to do is take your savings out first so for your christmas club or your emergency fund or whatever or even paying off your additional home loan repayments take those out first and um spend what's left mm. now most people spending adjusts after a couple of weeks you won't even notice you're doing it Okay, so there are, of course, the essential things like food and lodging yes, and now so the, Now, the other thing that's a bit interesting, we've just got a minute to talk on this, a number of the banks are now writing out to you saying that we've reduced um, your home loan repayments. Um, so, you know, your home loan repayments might have been 1600 a month before. Now it's been reduced to 800 a month. Bear in mind that, yes, that's going to help. Going to help. But the term of the loan is going to expend and you are going to pay significantly more interest. So I did one calc on one. The term went from six years to 18 years. Ah, yes. yes. So, yeah, that's not so good, is yes. it? Yes, so just bear in mind of that, yes. And okay. Thursday Finance for today. Thank okay. you, Stephen Pritchard. We'll be back next Thursday after the midday news to NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.